recording straight out of Five Scotland. You're listening to Films and Swearing, a movie podcast with your hosts Stuart Sullen and the Magic Mike Christie. Yo, you're listening to episode 248. Hello and welcome to our Oscar prediction podcast. It is me, your host Stuart Sullen, and of course, joining me across the room, the Magic Mike Christie. Yeah. Return for another episode. And aye, it is near the end of award season. But. Ah, it's been a interesting award season this year yes, so far. Aye, like, really surprising. It's like one of these ones where I've followed it a lot more closely. I'm not sure if it's just because I'm reading more into Reddit or if it's a lot more news sites are picking yeah. it up now. But it's just every day. It's like. Fucking X, Y, and Z's won this award, and or this person's won that award, and like associations I've never heard of is award yeah. awarding this person that, and fucking Adam Sandler's got on this and that, and that seems to be the only thing he's getting this year, and mm. all that nonsense. But fucking before the Oscars, before any of that, football, American football, <laughs> fucking what was it, Chiefs and Patriots? No, it was a uh, Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, some San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, 49ers. That's football. Yeah. Or big excuse to show 60 minute, uh, sorry, 60 second teaser trailer for all these big blockbuster movies. Yeah, I was I was hoping that, like when I woke up on Monday, I was hoping that there was going to be like an actual new trailer for something apart from like the one, one of the ones we're going to get into. But like, <clears throat> Like, I was wanting to kind of see maybe something that we've not seen before. So we did Aye. get, like, extended looks at, like, Top Gun. And mm-hmm. Like, i seen like I seen the teaser trailer for Black Widow. I've, I've not even seen any of the original trailers yet. So, Aye. Yeah, know. and that's I was hoping um, Netflix was going to do, like, a big flex. Because, remember, two or three years ago, they just dropped a fucking uh, Cloverfield... Was it Cloverfield Paradox? Aye. Like, here's the trailer, full film online tonight. And like, yeah. what? Yeah, and still never watched it. Nah, me either. I was, I was ready to watch it that night. Like, the Monday night, coming home from work, popcorn, big bag of crisps, some chocolate getting in the house. My wife just finished watching it and like, <gasps> like, fucking burst a bag of crisps. Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> as I've, I've heard really bad things about it, so I yeah. don't know. Aye, exactly. We could have missed, like, dodged a bullet, but I would just love to know if it connected with the rest. Mm-hmm. With, was it, uh, 17 Cloverfield? 10. 10. 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, exactly. Like, I just want, I want it all to be connected. But, who knows? I yeah. might watch it this year. But, yeah, I mean, in the span, I watched like a YouTube compilation, it was like eight minutes. I watched that a day. So, let's run through it quickly. Uh, it started off with Minions, The Rise of Gru. I mean, you'll probably be watching that because of the kids. Yeah, I'll show it to them and see if it piques their interests. I feel Alex would probably be more for it than Cameron, but the thing is, when something's on, they usually both fall into watching it. Yeah. They show very little resistance. Uh, James Bond, 25, No Time to Die. Yeah, I've still not watched Skyfall or Spectre. Yeah. I will be doing that this year before 
No time to die. Not bad, not bad. Now, actually, the, the wee fucking 60 seconds of that one was him. Like, they're in some sort of glider, wasn't it? Him and like the new female agent. Yeah. Aye. And you got a more... Like, look at uh, Rami Malek's character. Ah, yes. It's, it's the same old trope, though. Like, why has every villain got, like, some sort of, like, disfiguration or something? Yes. Oh, it's the Phantom of the Opera. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, I, when I went and seen uh, Bad Boys for Life for the week, I'd seen another one you they put on the second trailer. Right. The No Time to Die. And you got Christoph Waltz as a uh, Blofeld. Ah, yes. And I was like... Yeah, it might have ruined Spectre for me. <laughs> well, at least, you know, he doesn't kill him. Yeah. Although, I reckon how the, the Bond timeline where Spectre is set prior to... Ah, oh, fuck, what was the one where... the It was a Sean Connery one that had Blofeld in it as well, wasn't it? Oh, uh, I ah, can't remember what one it was. Me either. Uh, Black Widow. It looks marvel Yeah, David Harbour, he's a villain, eh? Maybe. Uh, watching the the main trailers, he's kind of like the dad of the family. Like it's Black Widow, Florence Pugh, David Harbour, they're all sat doing it at like a breakfast ah, table. Right. And he's just like, oh, it's like old times, huh? Yes. And they're all cheering. And But he does look quite intense in it, so mm. it could be like a wee heel turn. Yeah. In Florence Pugh's in fucking. Everything like last year, she was in everything. Yeah, what was it? Midsummer, Little Women, uh, Fighting with my family. family. Now she's launched into Marvel. Fucking yeah. Black Widow's wee Did sister. Did you watch Midsummer yet? Nope. Nah. I have the director's cut there. Yeah. It, it's it's in the queue. Yeah. And it's on the pen drive. That's a lot closer than Hereditary is. Fuck. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll get there. I'll get there. But aye, she's. Like, a good year for her. Mm-hmm. Making plenty of cheddar. Uh, then you get Mulan. Yeah, um, I, I really didn't have any, any love or any care for these like live-action remakes. Yeah. I mean, folk were saying that Aladdin was a better one for last year, because mm-hmm. Dumbo was dreadful. Uh-huh. Lion King, apparently, was almost a carbon shot-for-shot remake. Yeah, they're just a little bit lacquered in... Beyonce knowsness, yeah. and I mean, I reckon if I'll... anyone's ever seen Lady and the Tramp yet, oh, yeah. that was a Disney Disney oh, yeah. Plus exclusive. We'll, we'll get that next month when. Oh yeah, when it yeah. finally it launches, and it was like a competitive price as well, something like five ninety nine a month. Because Michelle's um, put her uh, our married foot down that we'll all be getting it. <laughs> she only wants it for the Simpsons. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I'll you'll get Mandalorian, Mandalorian, I. Um, uh, the Marvel series, which is another thing. Yeah. Which, it looks interesting, but it's just fucking seconds of footage. Yeah. Like, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, I I guess, they've, okay, they've got the shield, and Daniel Bruch is in it as there. well. Uh, literally one second of, like, Loki shows yeah. up, says something witty, leaves. Yeah, WandaVision looks fucking cookie, like, it Aye. looks really weird, I'm quite interested to see how that goes. Aye, I was, I'm, I felt like it was one of the more, not boring combos, but like, Vision's never really been a big interesting character. No. Scarlet Witch is not bad to look at, but she seems, <laughs> like, see them together, and as you said, cookie, like, the, the quick cuts to, like, 
all these it's like days and somebody flipping through TV channels and it's like yeah. them switching to different eras and like oh, I, I kind of want to know more it'd be because it sounds dull but yeah. when you actually see it it's like ah, okay this could be something what is the story are they trapped and ah who knows mm. um, Top Gun Maverick that's... yeah I still don't understand why it warrants a sequel I mean I'll I don't know if I'll go and see it. If Liam shows it, I'll probably go and see it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I'll like stretch my legs any further. Aye. Well, that's it. I remember someone asking Tom Cruise um, why, because wasn't it Tony Scott's? Aye. And it's like, like why, why are you letting someone else do this, Tom? And he's like, well, normally that he wouldn't have done it without Tony Scott being there, but the script is so damn good. The thing is, like when I was watching the like the clips of the trailer, it kind of almost looks like a carbon copy of the original, mm-hmm. and all that, like with the whole beach volleyball and the the singing at the piano at the bar and mm-hmm. all that. And you've got uh, Miles Teller in this one as well. Ah, I noticed he's in it. John Hamm's there as well. Yep. Um, the Ed O'Neill, Ed Ed Harris or someone's there as uh, well. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I probably wouldn't go out and see that one. But I'm hoping for a fucking Val Kilmer cameo, though. They're better. <laughs> they better be some ice man. <laughs> it's got to be a bit of, like ice cream man. <laughs> He's not as slender as he was back I mean, in the day. He looked fucking horrendous in Jane Silent reboot. I blame the costume. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fast Nine, F Nine, Fast Saga. The original, aye, uh, you got like a one minute teaser, whereas. Two days before it, they gave you a four-minute trailer. Yes, so much now, going on. this is what my whole issue is with trailers. It's shown way too much. Mm-hmm. The end of that trailer, like, why not just keep that that major reveal? That did show up. Yeah. Aye. Or the fact that John Cena's playing Vin Diesel's brother. brother. Aye, that, like, that would have been a good wee payoff in the cinema mm-hmm. and all that. I mean... Now it's almost become like it's not just about like like a car heist film anymore. Ah, it's yeah. almost like like Marvel for fucking cars. Eh? It is, like, everybody's the, involved in they're it. They're fucking superheroes without capes. They're just yeah. cars. I mean, Hobbs and Shaw last year was one that like, was actually like really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. As much as I fucking want to like hate on it, it was really like really enjoyable for how stupidly fucking dumb it was. Aye, but. Well, it kind of worked well with the mm-hmm. like chemistry, but obviously they two aren't in it this year because of the whole uh, like differences between exactly. And now this one it does have. I feel like it's a little bit more serious, but it does have its silliness, like the rocket car, the guy screaming at that. But yeah. then you had like the, the car plane, the exactly plane. the fucking stealth. But then the fucking one where Vin Diesel jumps off and they're like the Marist hook onto something and then they're swinging past on a big hook Aye. in the sky and it's like they've got to run out of ideas of things with cars they're going to have to be in space soon doing yeah. this shit somebody tweeted about that saying oh, I was hoping it was going to be like set in space and that. <laughs> well, I mean it's good that they're kind of keeping with the uh, continuity that they've brought back Shelley Saron because she escaped at the end of Fast uh, 8 right. okay and so I did see I don't know if it was fake um, but someone said Vin Diesel posted a, a image on Instagram, then it was quickly taken down, revealing that uh, Fast Ten 
will be a two-part, sort of like Infinity War, uh, like a two-part, right. one half one year, another half the next year. What were early, like, what's it, like, early rumours last year were saying that Matt Damon was going to be part of, like, Fast 9 and Fast 10. People are saying that they better be calling this one Fast, fast 10, your seatbelts. <laughs> and oh, I'm like, it's fuck. fucking shit. But I mean, I'm I'm hoping we do get a wee, a wee bit more Kurt Russell in this one because he was in seven and eight. Yeah, aye, as uh, Agent Nobody or aye, something like that. Aye, so it'll be interesting. He never popped up in that that fifteen minute trailer they mm. posted, but it, it looks dumb. Yeah. yeah, but what does look interesting is the Invisible Man. Now, I've seen the, the trailer. Yeah, I've seen the the normally the. Aye. Like the theatrical one that come out two months like ago last year. Aye. Aye. I've not seen the like the eight minute video I got didn't have no. Invisible Man. Ah, uh, this one was like thirty seconds, just uh was there anything new? Elizabeth Moss I never saw the uh, full trailer, right. I just kinda saw that. So she's outside breathing like and then the, the, the breath the, and then the breath appearing behind her yeah. and her being chased into an attic and throwing paint. And covering, like, revealing the, not the identity, but revealing the shape of the man uh, with, like, the, the, the white emotion. Yeah. So it's like, oh, that looks a bit creepy. It that's comes cool. out in a couple of weeks, eh? Yeah, a, a February one. Um, and that's that Lee... Lee Winnell, the guy that done Upgrade. Yeah, and isn't he, I'm pretty sure he was the guy from the Insidious films that took over the... Aye, him friend. and... He was, like, and... glasses to begin with. Aye. Him and that uh, James Wan, they both wrote the original. They both wrote the original Saw film. Right. Um, some. It'll be interesting. I think Glenn Ruthers has shown the video man. I think it's next week actually. Cool. Uh, SpongeBob, Sponge on the Run. Ah, uh, yeah, I've seen that trailer today as well. Uh, I actually think that's something my kids will actually. There's. When they see like SpongeBob on Netflix or YouTube, mm. they'll tend to watch that. I'm not sure if they they get it, but I think they probably just like the pretty colours. Yeah. So I might take them to see that. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog had the strangest advert because I was like, I was it was like an audition. I was thing all there. these like athletes I've never heard of going that I'm fast, but he's fucking fast, and they're like, but who who are we talking about? And of course, Sonic the Hedgehog sat in the director's chair. See, I'm I th- I think I'm kind of comparing it to last year's Detective Pikachu. Mm-hmm. That's a fair comparison. I mean, it looks alright. I, I don't know if I'll go and see it. I'll maybe just wait till it becomes available, like on streaming and all yeah. that, or you know. Ah, uh, we're going on like next Saturday. Like uh, that trailer is in front of every YouTube video, and my kids cannot wait. I mean, like. If I was a kid, you yeah. know, I'd be dying to go and see it because exactly. obviously that was what we kind of grew up that. with. Ah, we never had that back in the day when we were kids. We got Mario Brothers a film, which, as a kid, I thought it was fucking great. Like, I still... Bob Hoskins, Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo? Aye, and Dennis Hopper played uh, King yeah. Cooper. Aye. Ugh. It was... It was nothing like a Mario game. It was really weird, but... It was like set in the fucking Demolition Man universe. Aye. It was horrendous, but as a kid, you liked it, and, mm-hmm. like... I've not watched it since, so I kind of want to see it again, see how bad it is. Mm-hmm. See if fucking Wesley Snipe shows up with some fucking <laughs> uh, seashells. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Quiet Place 2. 
John Krasinski. I seen the I seen the teaser. I've still not seen the full. Yeah. I seen so, the thirty second TV spot. So I there's some some people ah, going is on it there. Going to be like some sort of like flashback. It's going to be a mixture of how they cope it now and how it all happened before. I, I don't know if they're going to are they, are they going to go down the same route where everyone's completely quiet or. Nah, I think it's past that now. Alright. So well, that's it. It, it, it kind of takes the, the intensity away. It might just be... But it's, it's all the same people. Like John Krasinski's writing and directing it. Yeah. So you'd hope the quality carries across. Yeah. So. I mean, I'll I'll need to rewatch the first one before the new one. I noticed as well the new one's been brought forward. Ah. I did that. was... May, I think, now it's been brought forward to March. Ah, is the right. release date. Mm-hmm. So, I'll probably go and see that. And the last thing I saw was a new Amazon Prime series from producer Jordan Peele, Hunters with Al Pacino. Ah, I did come across that on IMDb, but I never watched the trailer. Like, Nazi Hunters. Aye. Without, yeah. like, well, no, they actually do say it in the trailer, there's like, a woman going, Nazi! Nazi! And pointing at the boy doing the fucking barbecue and he's like, Is it like what? some sort of like fantasy thing? or No, it just seems to be Al Pacino and we ragtag group of people are Nazi hunters. Hmm. Hmm, I might watch that show later on. Producer Jordan Peele. Hmm. Wonder so. how much Amazon paid to get a uh, big bucks. So... Yeah, and that's it. I'd imagine full thing will be on Amazon later this month. Yeah. It's a February release on it anyway. So, out of that lot, what is what are you looking forward to the most? Mm. Probably a quiet place too. Because mm-hmm. I actually like, like, really enjoyed the first one. And I'm hoping that it does keep him with the same thing as the as the first one because like, I missed the chance of going to see it at cinema. I think. Right. I think seeing it in cinema would have been a lot more better to experience because you would like hear literally everything. Mm-hmm. You'd be on the edge of your seat. Mm. Aye. Um, I I'm interested to see where they go with the Invisible Man. Yeah. It looks like it could be intense. So. But yeah. So uh, before we. Barry on with the Oscars. You text me this morning saying you'll have a look into the Razzie nominations. Yeah. And I think famously it's always the night before the Oscars, isn't yeah. it? So that'll be like this Saturday. Yeah. They'll be dishing at the Razzies. And obviously for for those who are not aware the Razzies is kinda like your your the opposite of the Oscars. Dishing out awards for the worst performances of yeah. the year. I watched um I watched a, like a seven minute presentation video from last year's awards and like the big winners was like Fifty Shades Freed mm-hmm. um, the Happy Time Murders got a couple mm-hmm. um, oh yeah that, uh, the Fahrenheit um, 11.9 the new the second one Michael Moore and that, it was Aye. Donald Trump got a lot of his uh, Holmes and Watson was another big one oh yes uh, I've still not seen that yet I could hear Andy shouting about it the now. Yeah. Um, but like you're saying, it's like usually the night before. However, there's been a change up. Oh, sure. 
the nominations are going to get announced the night before. And they're going to have the awards at a later date, which is yet to be determined. Holy shit. Man, yeah. What the fuck's caused that to happen? I have no idea. Ah. But obviously, in amongst the list is like a Rambo Last Blood. True. Um, the shit on Terminator? Never seen anything in the banner, but in the banner was like Rambo, Last Blood, Serenity. Oh yeah. Um, cats. <laughs> oh cats. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me just go and double check what else is in this banner because I was actually quite annoyed because I really wanted to see like if there was anybody that was nominated for the same form as what they have been like yeah. for the Oscars. Hmm. Um, so in the list we've got the Fanatic oh of course of course. Uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters oh I wonder if they've nominated any of the monsters Glass mm-hmm. um, The Hustle wait is that that's no the the Anna, J-Lo Anna no it's Hustlers that Hustlers aye yeah, The Hustle was a Anne Hathaway and Rebel Wilson from us on oh, Netflix. Right and enough, where she disguises herself as trash bags. Yeah. Um, Hellboy. Ah, yes. Um, the Kitchen. Uh, Rebel Wilson was actually getting some... Uh, uh, some applause. Like, Did you see her speech at the, the BAFTAs? I never watched that. I did read the article, but I can't remember what it was about. Yeah, she was kind of just... Margaret asked me if Rebel Wilson actually does stand-up comedy because it was almost like she'd done a little routine. Like she was telling all the distinguished guests that we're not getting gift bags this year. Um, it actually looks like they're giving out gift wallets, which is a nickname for my vagina. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also uh, hope to uh, dish out the award for best score at the after party. And I was like, <laughs> damn it, woman. Uh... Um, what else is in this list? Um, when she introduced like to distinguished guests and whatever you like to be um, identified as, like she was dropping all the the political or political correctness jokes. Because the the host for the Baftas this year was Graham Norton. Really? I, yeah, I reckon if Stephen wow. Fry told him to get to fuck, but I was like, oh, this is big for him. Well, that's an interesting article back in September. The Razzie Awards put up about the fanatic, and apparently, it made. <laughs> Is it treated like Lord of the Rings? Eleven, like eleven nominations. It's going to win them all. What's the point of doing it? I don't know the, the nominations, but back in September, they were saying that it grossed ten dollars or less. That was less. Oh yeah, that was what we were talking about in last year's one. Mm-hmm. Billionaire Boy Club. Aye, that's on Sky now. Aye. Fucking trailers that, all over the place. That grossed $267. Oh. Worldwide. Fucking, like... That was basically at the at the, like, the exact same time everybody was finding out about Kevin Spacey. Aye, and he is not in that trailer whatsoever. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously. Um, but it's got Taron Egger in and uh, and, the guy for for Baby Driver. Exactly. And some female actress that's quite famous now. Um, So I was like, ah, looks, and it looks rambunctious. It looks like a lot's going on. It's like, this 
They're mm. labelling it as a crime thriller. <laughs> yeah. Aye, when the fucking sugar daddy shows up. <laughs> oh. I seen a fucking article in the paper that we didn't have what to tell you about it. Something about the whole Kevin Spacey thing. Aye. Like, apparently, like, it's today where, like, a, a witness died, so, like, evidence couldn't have been, like, couldn't be, like, admitted. Jesus. Did you say he'd done uh, another fucking creepy Christmas video? I think I did. Yeah, like, as, it was uh, like Frank Chris... Un- as Frank Underwood. Aye. On Christmas Eve, a year after he'd done one before. It's like, it seems that's... Who's two he? years in a row, he dropped a, a video on Christmas Eve, poking <laughs> fun at the media and at himself. And, like, they're not going to give you a house of cards back. <laughs> you died in the show. <laughs> Who, Who's actually, like, filming this and, like, publishing it exactly like he's not doing this shit alone <sighs> is it him and other fucking sex offenders <sighs> but who knows but I reckon I don't think he's living in Hollywood anymore I, th- I think he's... I know like he's he's doing these wee videos they're not gonna let him back in either that or it's a whole parasite thing where he's like <laughs> you know <laughs> I know but that's it like he's doing these wee videos like that you're not coming back to Hollywood and he's looking through the fucking cat flap going, hiya. Hiya. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get your ankles. <laughs> oh, creepy man. So, the 92nd Academy Awards takes place at the Dolby Theatre in Los Angeles. This Sunday, uh, we are obviously going to work our way through all of the major awards. So, we have to start, we have to start for the fucking begin. Let's go Best Picture. Uh, we'll talk about the nine films and then just work our way back to actors, actress, supporting, directing and all that jazz. And by the end of it, we should have easily covered a majority yeah. of all the films going to be getting discussed because there is some absolute mad lads on Twitter that are trying to watch all 53 Oscar-nominated films, which is... Like everything from best shorts, documentary, yeah. everything. 53 films nominated. And I think all I've seen was uh, the comedian Doug Benson is 48 out of 53 so far. Right. Edgar Wright was trying to do the same. He'd watched three things in one day, but it was like two fucking soul-crushing documentaries back-to-back. Uh, and I think it just fucking knocked him out. Killed him. So... I'm going to start with Ford versus Ferrari. Or was it Le Monde 66? Ah, Le Monde. I fucking hate that title. Ford versus Ferrari is a better title. Aye, and it seems to be everywhere it's called that. And then when it came to the UK, Le Monde 66. Like, is it because of like, sponsorship rights or something? Or? Aye, was somebody offended? What's going on? Uh, from director James Mangold. Yeah. I only remember him being the director of Logan and the Wolverine. I think he done the two. Did he? Yeah, mm. I think. Because my first thought was the Wolverine, but aye. So it is nominated for four Oscars. It has already won twenty one awards, nominated for a further sixty two. You mentioned that you got a chance to see it. Yeah, I watched it yesterday. Uh, what did you think? Um, I was actually like like pleasantly surprised by it. Uh-huh. Um, it's got like a two and a half hour runtime. Yeah. Which, to be honest, 
like it goes by pretty fast. Like it's it's like it's 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 an interesting watch if you didn't really follow the whole like um, mm. like motorsport like industry and stuff. Aye. Like how they go about doing stuff and how like the fact that they actually have like a like a race that lasts twenty four hours. I know that was a, fucking crazy. Like I mean, I, I know there was a, like switch drivers, of course, like, aye. like intervals but, and stuff like that. But yeah, the whole and the fact that you have to. Like make sure that car is sustainable for the whole twenty four hours as well. Mm-hmm. That's mental. But it was surprisingly like really good. Like, I thought the the chemistry between uh, Christian Bale and Matt Damon were really good. Aye, it's like it's actually quite it's quite good. Like actually hearing Christian Bale in it with an English accent. Aye, like coming. I think he cries somebody a limey prick. No, something cries him a limey prick. Mm. And his like, he's got like a proper English accent going on. And when you see the comparison to him and the real guy that he's based on, it's like the comparison's pretty close. Yeah. Like Christian Bale, like last year this time he was fucking was it Cheney? Dick Cheney? Oh yeah, and Vice. Ah, yeah. Like the the boy weights fluctuates every year to and because yeah. he looked pretty skinny in this one because mm. he just was like this fucking car mechanic, him and his kids and yeah. Arguing with cunts that think they know better about how to drive their cars. Yeah. But I I quite enjoyed this. Um, I, I watched it in two halves. Um, just I couldn't, by the time we'd started it, and it got to like the last 45 minutes, and you feel you had to watch that Le Monde sequence in one go. You can yeah. really stop in the middle. But yeah, Matt Damon was great in it. Um. That fucking moment where he decides to do the test run of the car and he gets like the head of the company sitting beside him. Oh, yeah. And he's like, You ready? <laughs> yeah, sure. And he's like, Let's go. And cut to like two minutes later, the man's in tears. Yeah. I don't know if he like cried and ejaculated at the same time, but it just. The, uh, because it was like the totally overslight. The fucking. Overflow oh, of emotion. Ah, he just. <laughs> and like the, the face of him as he's holding onto the dashboard. Like. <laughs> And they're just oh, those reactions were priceless. But fuck, I had a a good wee laugh at um, Matt Damon's like underhanded tactics with Ferrari, the Le Mans thing. Oh, aye, with the with the stopwatches yeah. and with the with the bolt and all that. And it's when like they're they're frequently like, looking for the stopwatches, and like Matt Damon like pulls one out to like clock the time, and his pal's like, "That's a nice stopwatch." He goes, "They're Italian." <laughs> I had a wee laugh at that. Yeah. Um, and it seems to be one of these ones where it's really good, but it's not getting maybe as much attention as it should. And as I said, this year is fucking stacked. Twenty nineteen mm. was a fucking stellar year for. Yeah, films. I think this is the only like the fact I've I've not like the only film on the list for a best picture that I've not seen is Little Women. That's the only one that just like does not garner any interest for me whatsoever. Yeah, and it's like. So like also I've seen like every film since then, and I mean, thing is like every other film is good, mm-hmm. in its own right. Yeah, you know there isn't a film on there that I didn't think shouldn't be in that list. Aye, that's it. Uh, next up, The Irishman from Martin Scorsese, nominated for fucking Flip. ten, ten, ten Oscars. Uh, currently has won fifty nine across the season and is nominated for a further. Two hundred and ninety six. So, 
and it is. This film is definitely definitely a technical achievement in itself. It's it's got an excellent story. Um, it's got a fucking excellent cast to it. Yeah. But again, it's just gonna be one of these ones where it was just brought out in the wrong year. Yeah, I think if this was early two thousands, late nineties, probably would have been We're a dominated. Aye, and again, it's just if anything, it could probably get technical achievement. Maybe, I mean, thinking back to the Baftas, it didn't win. I think nineteen seventeen won for best uh, visual effects. And you think, well, Irishman's a, a dead set, but then you remember how much CG you get in things like Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Or fucking Star Wars. Like, fucking visual effects is in every movie mm. nowadays. Whether it's just fucking rubbing things out of the background or fucking knocking 10 years off of fucking Joe Pesci. But, yeah. and it is, it's, it's a fucking. I think it's a great film. I, I really want to watch it again. Yeah. Again, the fucking length of the film. I know. I had to watch it in two sittings. Like I, I, I put it on like the night it come out. I go home for work relatively early, and I had dinner, and then I just I said to Michelle I was going to go through the room and watch TV, and it was like half six. I thought, perfect. It'll finish at ten o'clock. Fine, no bother. Like ninety minutes in, I started like feeling like I was like ready to like go asleep. Aye. And I was like, right, I'm just gonna have to go and turn this off and watch the rest like the next mm-hmm. day. And Aye. the last like hour and forty kind of flew by. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Uh, <coughs> one of the, the wee small critiques I have, I wish it just wasn't called The Irishman. Like if it was named the same title as the book, I heard Aye. you painted houses. I think it just it would suit it so much better. Yeah. It's just The Irishman. I mean. Sure, fucking Bob De Niro isn't he doing a top of the morning to you? Like he isn't he fucking doing, like they made a joke at the Baftas with Graham Norton saying that the film was actually based on his life, mm. and Bob De Niro was studying him, and Bob was like, "He's right, it's true, he <laughs> is the Irishman." But it's like, oh, they just Disney ring, yeah. But it is it's a fucking cracker of a film. Uh, you can't deny it. it is definitely a, the biggest leap in like de aging, yeah, in film. And the fact that it was like a Netflix exclusive as well was, yeah. well, it would have got so many more fucking eyes on it than you'd expect. And I mean, as well, the fact that the fact that like Netflix managed to acquire Scorsese for it, aye, as, exactly. Like you know, fucking mental, aye, like. One of the most iconic directors, and it's like not of the generation, of like a, the fucking, uh, not even a decade, like fucking of the century. And like this boy's directed films for the 60s. Like he's across like five decades now. Ah, uh, really? Five or six decades. Like, and he's still putting out fucking amazing films. It's not like he's burnt out. Like, in the last fucking 10 years, he's been doing things like. Wolf of Wall Street and aye, he like, done that Hugo. Aye, Hugo, like, mm. and he's he's no slowing down. He's still putting it up, like Shutter Island and mm. Silence. Like he's just still delivering huge epic films. And for a guy his fucking age, yeah. you think he'd be slowing down? Mm. It's like Clint Eastwood. The cunts just don't mm, stop. Nah, he's like ninety, and he's like still pushing films out. Like, mm-hmm. surely if you're like at that age. Like you must get some sort of assistance, like 
Aye, like directing. You kind of get a second second unit director and just lean yeah. on him a bit more. It's like, I'm going to have a sleep in my chair. You just <laughs> <laughs> go film for the rest of the day. Yeah. I mean, like, I thought the story of the Irishman was like really good. Like I, like I, I was more interested in the whole like friendship between Bob De Niro and Al Pacino. Aye, and I mean, like what I said during the last podcast, like the last, like that last act was like absolutely fucking heartbreaking. Aye, and I, and it was and you you seen it on Bob De Niro's like character like Aye. through the last forty minutes. Exactly, film. and what was the the fucking line that Pesci says? You just need to tell him it is what it is. Uh, and fucking Pacino's character, uh, was it Jimmy Hoffa? Jimmy Hoffa like, blow up at the thought. It was like, it is what it is? Like, you don't fucking say that to me. And, and it's like the balls, they make the fucking reference that if, if we could kill JFK, we, we could kill the fucking president of a fucking truckers union. Yeah. And he's like, what the fuck are they trying to say? I know, it's almost <laughs> like they're trying to like plant seeds of like a fucking like, conspiracy and all exactly. that. Exactly, yeah. it's like, but... And I mean, I, I, th- I thought, I th- like, I, I was happy to see Joe Pesci back yeah. on screen. And uh, I think, I generally didn't think, I think the last time I actually seen him in was Lethal Weapon 4, I think. Mm-hmm. And that was like 20 odd years ago. With G bleach blonde hair. Uh, Aye. And, well, that, that's it, I mean, it was almost, there was so many... It was like a few films merged because you had like the origin story of Bob De Niro's character and then you had like this road movie between De Niro and Pesci. He's just his driver with their wives. They have to yeah. stop for a I factory. Gen- I thought there was going to be some wife beating going on in that, uh, first, like, that first like, bit of the car journey. And he just turns out to be such a pleasant wee husband. He just knows like she could probably slap the shit out of him. Yeah. But still, you just think of his character for Goodfellas, he would just fucking smack her in the puss. Yeah. Tell her to like, go my only, smoke. like, major gripe, like, really with the fun was the scene when Bob De Niro goes home and he finds out that the shop that his daughter was shopping at or working at Aye. had got, like, assaulted or something and he goes in and, like, attacks the guy. And it's when he's, like, kicking him, like, on the, on the ground and that and it just doesn't look... It looks like a man like, that's had a double hit replacement. Mm, <laughs> it just to. doesn't look authentic at all. Uh, and it was shot from such a high angle. You could mm. have just had a stunt guy with yeah. fucking De Niro's face mapped onto it to batter him. But aye, they had De Niro softly batter <laughs> this, yeah. this fucking shopkeeper. I mean, like the like the actual casting as well. The fact that you had like like fucking Harvey Keitel. Yep. And uh, he's looking old as fuck now. Yep. Yeah, the Ray, Ray Romano was like ah, um, the cousin. Joe Pesci's cousin. Aye. And and he was actually really good in it. Yeah, definitely. I was fucking so pleased. Like, like oh, that, when you seen Ray Romano, like, oh, that's a novelty. And there's like, yeah, it's like, does no too bad. Yeah. Fucking, what's his name? Uh, Jesse Plemons. That's it. As, um, he's some sort of relation as well, isn't it? Aye, he's some sort of relation to Jimmy Hoffa. Aye. Like, the BAFTAs, they kept showing that clip where he gets assaulted in the, in the, in court, the courthouse. And it's like, um, like, you charge with a gun, with a knife, you run. Uh. <laughs> and it's like, just forever, like this, this fucking um, character on TV, and he's always the centre of attention. But like, the one person I kind of noticed that I didn't think gets much attention and gets much praise for the film is uh, Stephen Graham's role. Yes. And uh, he's fucking, he was. Brilliant in that film. Aye. Fucking brilliant. The fact they've just 
It was the fact that fucking every chance that uh, like Al Pacino had, he just called him a cocksucker. Uh, every it, chance. He, and that's it. In fact, Stephen Graham's character just just triggered Pacino constantly. Or they're a car, we're going to talk, and like, you fucking suck, you. And they're just these fights breaking out, and the boy's like half his age. Like, uh, really? You're going to try and fight me? Come on. Actually, uh, Stephen Graham had a good bit at the, Oscar, the BAFTAs as well. He presented the award uh, for best foreign language. Uh, so it was, oh, I can't remember the woman that he was with, but English wasn't her first language. And he mentioned that he's a scouser. So a lot of times folk didn't understand what he says either. And the woman was looking at him going, uh, so yes, the, 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 the award for best film not in English. Uh, <laughs> they were just playing on the fact that he's a cheeky wee scouser. Mm. Uh, next one we should discuss is Taika Watiti's Jojo Rabbit. Mm. Uh, this was also a film that we kind of watched closely as it was like first revealed last year that, that Taika Waititi was going to uh, play a parody on Hitler yeah. for a comedy and like wait did I hear that right and the fucking first shot was like a dining table and it's Scarlett Johansson this little blonde haired kid and right enough fucking Taika Waititi dressed to the nines as that's, Adolf Hitler kind of reminds me of Drop Dead Fred aye Totally, is this imaginary best friend. Now, I actually started watching one of Taika's films on Amazon tonight. It's got one on there, one of his early ones called Boy. Alright. It's like an hour and 20 minutes, but the first five minutes is like, I'm going to leave this because I know my wife would love it. And it's just like a kid narrating, like telling you about his story. And like, and he loves Michael Jackson. And it's like, he's like, he talks about him like five times in his opening speech about, ah, my dad's got to come home. We've got to go. He's got to go to the rugby. He's got to take me to see Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> and he's also convinced that one of his brothers is Michael Jackson. Uh, and it's like, ah, fuck, this is funny. I'm going to save this. Because it's just, well, all his early films is all New Zealand anyway. So it's all. Because uh, I watched uh, I watched what we do in the shadows like last year for the first uh, time. And. It was actually like, quite funny. Aye. It was the fact that like when they were going to the clubbing and all that, <laughs> and it's um oh what's his name? Jermaine Clement. Yes, that's Aye. it. Aye, his, his character in it was pretty good as well. Aye, I love it when there was like that montage of like the virgins running trying to get out of the house, and Jermaine Clement's transformed to an animal, but he can never do the face. So it's a human face and a cat going. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks so fucking weird. Yeah, and I mean, like Thor Ragnarok was like a fucking major surprise. Exactly, like he saved it because Thor: The Dark World Aye, was, it was like pretty, oh. pretty tragic. Exactly. So, but, but I mean, Jojo Rabbit. Like I, when I, I think I watched it, maybe Christmas Eve or Christmas night or something, mm. and I did enjoy it. I think I could have liked it a bit more. Yeah. I mean, like, there was a couple of, like, bleak moments. Aye. Like, for me, that kind of, like, shocked me. Like, just, you weren't expecting yeah, it. Yeah, business. Right? I mean, Sam Rockwell was really good. Yes. Like, I really liked his uh, character in it. It was and, him and Alfie Allen. The guy yeah. from Game of Thrones was his wee sidekick. Yeah. And it was him basically, like, what's the word I'm trying to say? Like, the fact that it, like, like, helps the boy at the end and all like, that. Like, aye, almost like a wee father figure and then at mm. the crucial moment. Because that, that film got tense, like, towards the end yeah. because it's fucking, it's World and War like, II. E- like, even though it's, like, kind of played for laughs in it, you can't help but, like, still 
look at it as like a war film and it's based on like the Nazis and I mean his wee his wee pal with the glasses with that like the grenade launcher aye. and that's pretty funny. Can't remember his name on it. Nah, but um, it's his wee re- reaction when they accidentally blow up a chop and say, "Oh no, I'm gonna like, oh my god, I'm gonna get in trouble for that." <laughs> and you're just like, "Oh god, I hope nothing happens to the little fat kids, please." And I seen a tweet today and it was fuck where. Like blaming the film for trying to soften the image of Nazis, and it's like they're taking the piss out of Nazis. Yeah, they're taking the piss out of Hitler. Didn't you not see the fucking the forest for the trees? It was isn't it really obvious? Yeah, <laughs> he's making them out to be a bit of a cunt. And I mean, Stephen Merchant was uh, great. Yeah. Just like Heil Hitler, <laughs> and he's so perfect because he's this tall, skinny, pale dude, and he goes a bit looking at the bedroom posters, and it's all Hitler. And he's like, "Oh yes, yes, oh I love this." And he's just so evil, and it's like, oh, like the only thing that I would maybe change is I probably would have got rid of uh, Rebel Wilson, Aye. and I would have had the woman that played Sarah Connor in uh, the Hunt for the Wilder People. Oh yes, Aye. I can't remember her name. She nah, was, she was like was... the child services like exactly. Officer. I know, I fucking love that film. Um, and it reminds me, because they brought her in for Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, she aye, Jeff she Goldblum's. played uh, Jeff Goldblum's like, assistant or something. Eh? Aye. Yeah. But man, it is, like, he is one of these directors that's not overlooked, but is definitely one to yeah. look out for. But aye, fucking let's go backwards and have a look at what he's, yeah. he's done. I think I'll I think I'll will watch it again and see if I maybe, maybe appreciate it a bit more. I exactly, time. you'll you'll know what to expect this time, mm-hmm. so you won't be as shocked with those scenes. And fucking Scarlett Johansson's like adorable in it. Mm. Like there's a the scene where it's like, well, I'm just going to sit here and chew these grapes, and she takes a big slug of wine and she just pretends to sit and chew it, and they're just like, ah, <laughs> oh. it's just all these things you can like. He, I feel like he puts a lot of effort into his characters, and you picked up the BAFTA as well for a Best Adapted Screenplay. Hmm. And of course it's based on a book something about um, Cage Skies or something. And I'd, I'd like to see the differently if the book had as much personality as this film did or if it was his screenplay like when he took the story and then kind of hmm. made it through his his language. Uh. His sense of humour. But uh, it was definitely one of those ones where it was surprisingly good, but I guess it's not for e- for everyone because it seems like my, my fucking like my mother hated it. Huh? Absolutely hated it. Like she turned it off after half an hour. I convinced her to go back to it, and then I said, like, "What do you think of it?" And I got a text back just saying, "Well, I'm not getting that time back." I was like, "Jesus, Louise, <laughs> fuck's sake!" What did Dad think of it? He says, he, "For what he saw of it, he liked, but." I think she just talked her way through it. <laughs> uh, so I was like, did Did you not like the fact they were making fun of Hitler? Was my uh, mum a secret Nazi sympathiser? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> but yeah, she much preferred uh, watching Crawl instead. <laughs> so, um, Todd Phillips, the Joker. Yeah, this is, this is the one that's creating a lot of like, diverse opinions. Aye. Up on the film industry and stuff. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> it was one of these films where it was a revelation when it came out. Then by the end of the year, it was almost trendy to hate on it. Yeah. Um, I could see both sides because when you're watching it, it is a cracking film 
Um, and you, part of me is like, I, I need to stop harking on. And say, well, it's hardly a DC film, but it's, it's I think kind of it just because it's it is so serious. Yeah. Um, because fucking Joaquin Phoenix is so earnest in it, like the boys really fucking put 100% into the role yeah. the, the way he transformed his body the the way he laughs like mm. everything the fucking the story arc of his character yeah it's the fact that like when he's like on the bus and he's laughing and he passes on that wee card the little wee worn out laminate apologising yeah. for his medical condition is like oh it's, it's it's brilliant and fucking like the names behind it as well so sure like fucking Todd Phillips, and when you look back, say, so wait a second, the Hangover guy, yeah, road trip, like old school, <laughs> and like really, like this dude is doing a fucking serious uh, take on a fucking villain origin story, yeah. And then was the Martin Scorsese produced it, yeah, Bob De Niro's in it, yep, and fucking Bradley Cooper Aye, was like, like a, like a, a producer or something. Exactly. So I wonder how involved they all were. Yeah. Like I'm not taking anything away from Todd Phillips directing, but I feel mm. like. It'd be the thing is, like when when the film was coming out, and, like when we watched the trailer and then we seen like clips and like we talked about how like there's like very strong similarities to the kind of comedy Taxi yes. Driver and Aye. all that, and it's got that kind of vibe to it. Aye. But I mean, I went and seen it when it like come out, and I mean, it, it, it was it was it was enjoyable, and I wouldn't, wouldn't say it was like amazing, but I mean, like Joaquin's role was really really good in it. I thought Bob De Niro was, I mean, he was only really in it for aye, a couple it was, of scenes here. Aye, and there. It, it wasn't a hard shift for him. Yeah, um, I mean, I did get a wee a wee laugh at the wee the wee guy that they were yeah. taking the piss out, and I had a wee aye. laugh at that. I I know a lot of people got a laugh out of that. There was like that key moment for his character where um, I'll be I'll bleep it out. But when mm. and the very next scene he walks through the hospital, but he walks into the fucking screen door. Oh yeah. And it's just like the amount of thought that's told me is like it was such a tense moment, but I fucking pissed myself laughing when he walked into that door. Oh yeah. And I was like, I didn't remember that bit, <laughs> but. It's just kind of like, oh yeah, fucker. But I all I remember is just him going on at the end with the fucking makeup on and mm. and oh. I mean, just, you did get like the introduction to the Wayne family, and they did they did play with yep. the whole fact that he like he might have been related to like Bruce Wayne and uh, stuff like that. Exactly, and which would just fucking spin comic book fans on their heads. Yeah, but um, it's. I think it might be in the lead with 11 Oscar nominations. Yeah. It's had 55 wins so far and 146 nominations. Uh, on Sunday at the BAFTAs, it picked up, obviously, Best Leading Actor, Best Original Music, and Best Casting. I've seen Best... Aye. So I've seen somebody... I've seen that trending on Twitter and people are like, there's fucking three people in that film. <laughs> like... Joaquin Phoenix, his mum, and fucking Bob De Niro. Aye. Oh, aye, and what? <clears throat> the neighbour, Zazie uh, Beats, yeah. but she's... That was, that was a good wee, like, plot point as well, with the whole, How like, that developed. Aye. Aye, definitely. And it's just one of these things, where, oh, well, he's got that going for him. Yeah, and mm. then all of a sudden you're like, oh, fuck, aye. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, the thing is, like, you talk about, like, um, what's his name? Uh, like, Christian Bale, like, fucking, like, getting into shape for films and, uh, yes. like, Joaquin also lost a, a ton of weight and that. I mean, the year before he done that, uh, you were never really here. Aye. And, uh, you seen that yet? Yep. Aye. And that was a really, really, like, a really good film. It was almost kind of like Taxi Driver in its own right as well. Yep. But, I mean, like, he just looked, like, it's the whole scene where he's actually, like, dyeing his hair and, like, he's, like, putting on the makeup and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's it. It's, <clears throat> on the scale of Jokers, it's the closest you probably would have gotten to, like, a another attempt at the Heath Ledger Joker. Yeah. Where it's, or somebody that uh, devoted to the role. Because, yeah, we kind of got Jared Leto's one, but... Yeah, it's. Oh, I reckon. I think they look back on it now like it's an abortion. <laughs> that Joker going, Ugh, um, like fucking gang banger. Like I feel that the film could have ended a couple of minutes sooner than what it did. Like, I, I didn't think it needed that extra wee bit after the the ten minutes dancing on the staircase. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, it was just, obviously, I just feel that, I mean, David Allen, like, the bit in the subway was, like, pretty good as well, but, I mean, I think he will get better, I don't think there'll be anybody that'll come, I know, come close to him. I know, it's going that way, isn't it? He's yeah. getting the major ones, so. Um, Greta Gerwig's Little Women. Yeah, this is all you this time, because I have fucking it's, no... It was a like as you'd expect from a period film with uh what's it is it Sorsa, Ronan, Emma Watson, Florence Pugh, and who I thought was Alison Pill, but isn't he? It's some Australian lassie. Uh Laura Dern mm. fucking what's her name? The old auntie that's nominated all the fucking time. It's not Glenn Close. It is I cannot remember. Meryl Streep. Aye. Um, it, it's fine. It was it was like a charming little watch. All the characters, like it was hard not to like anyone in that film. The set design, the, like, it won a BAFTA for, um, not production design, like costumes. Mm. But the type of film that you know would win something like that because everything looked authentic. They're all going about in big dresses and every scene they're sitting sewing shit together and you you started to fucking fall for the characters because they're that nice and then horrible things happen to the family and you're just thinking, fucking hell, give them a break. Yeah. And you realise you're invested after fucking another well over two hour movie. But, yeah, it's it's funny because there's, there's links between this film and uh, like our next one to talk about Marriage Story because I didn't realise that Greta Gerwig is the wife of uh, Noah Baumbach. So, fucking husband and wife both have films in the best picture. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm sure they're not competitive, but uh, Greta Gerwig, this was like her third film. Her previous one was Lady Bird. Ah, that's just streaming on Netflix. Yeah, Yeah, and that's that That source of Ronin again. That got a lot of buzz when it came out. Yeah, so that must have been a fucking hefty task to kind of go from Little independent Ladybird movie. Okay, we'll give you a little women. Like, ah, oh, fuck. 
how am I going to make this exciting in fucking 2019? Yeah. And yeah, for what I've read, people are saying it's the, the best adaptation of it since, but it's just probably because it's the most current one. Yeah. Uh, surely they're not going to make that one again. Yeah. But who knows? Uh, so, aye, let's talk about Marriage Story. Another Netflix exclusive, like, which is huge. Because it's definitely yeah. one of these ones I would probably never go out of my way to see. Yeah. But the fact its accessibility was that easy, mm. I downloaded it and chose to watch it uh, on the, the weekend of your wedding. Mm. Um, as I was... Of all the weekends. Yes, as I was on the train home, having fever dreams, thinking I'm going to throw up on a train. And I thought, no, just, just focus on my phone. And then I'm watching Lauren Dern being an absolute cunt to uh, Adam Driver. Like I watched, I think I watched it like the, the night it actually got released on Netflix. I had nothing else to do, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Come you know on, like I'm, I'm no manager. I'll just, I'll watch it. I'll just see what it's like." <laughs> and I was, I was like, "I'll get half an hour, and if I don't like it, I'll turn it off." Mm-hmm. I mean, right away you get the whole story with Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson's like. It's a great introduction where it's just what they love about each other. Mm. And it's so well done. Yeah. But then the kicker at the end, <sighs> it's like, all right, so, uh, all right, we've talked about this. Why is he getting divorced? And you're like, oh, you just made me fall in love with these characters. It's like the first 10 minutes of Up. So, yeah. Oh, there's a, this couple's amazing. Why is, why, what's wrong with her? <laughs> then you're about greeting and I mean, like there is, like it is a kind of serious film in it. Mm-hmm. It does show you the whole struggle where you're like trying to like maintain order, yeah. And like making sure that you're like doing everything right for like a child, for like making sure that you can get like like joint custody and stuff uh, like that. Yeah, but like the path they have to go down. Yeah, I mean, like you say, like Laura Dern was an absolute fucking bitch, and I mean the thing is. You kind of you knew that um, Scarlett Johansson was kind of gonna go against her towards at the end, and after the, mm-hmm. she kept on saying, "Oh, like, like do we really have to do that sort of thing?" Right, let's get all the grant money. And so, well, not really. Like, I mean, in fact, like 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 Ray Lotta, like Ray Lotta was one of the like lawyers involved and yes. stuff, and like he knew right away that she was an absolute bitch as well. Aye, and that's it. It's like. If they're comparing the animals, he was like a fucking shark, and he couldn't afford the shark, so he went for Alan Alda, who was like a fucking oh, that's who it was. like some old dog, some old hound. Who, yeah. He's been around, he knows it, but he's not good in a fight. Yeah. Like when you're in a fucking like a fight, like you want a fucking shark on your side to go against another fucking shark, and it's those courtroom scenes how they twist their stories. Mm. About, uh, Scarlett Johansson being an alky mum and the, the just all the things about like the sordid affairs and, and it was an easy watch because it was one of these ones where it's like it's Adam Driver I, nine times out of ten this boy does a good film so mm. I would happily watch what he's in and I think people describe it as a brilliant New York movie and half the fucking discussions is like getting them away from New York getting aye, them to because fucking... he's like a playwright for like Broadway and stuff like that yeah. aye but it's a it's a film where it's got really fascinating characters, and just, like Laura Dern, the way she interacts with Adam Driver, and the way like he 
he's losing this custody battle. Like he yeah. tries to be a good father, but the fucking all the hoops he has to go through about like having to get a lawyer, yeah. and then it's like getting a fucking costume made for your kid at Halloween. And he's changed his mind. He wants to be a fucking ninja with his cousins. And uh, like, oh, and some of these things are like, you want your kid to do something for you, and then like he fucking sides away from like the sheep, uh, and you're like, oh, come on, pal. And it was, it was one of these ones where I really want to show it to Margaret, and she showed a lot of resistance because it's like, it's, it'll be depressing. It's a film about divorce. It's on for two hours. Yeah. That sounds fucking terrible. And it's like, I had to just force her to watch it, and it's just because. I watched it, as I said, at the beginning of the year, and the fucking... I didn't stop thinking about the film. It was just mm. the characters and the the weird, quirky little family that Scarlett Johansson has. Like, the scene where they have to serve the papers is almost like a slapstick uh, comedy. Because yeah. they're all... With fuck, the mum. Ah, and the sister's fucking panicking. She's got sweaty palms. And she's walking about with a fucking pecan pie. And it's like, wait, uh, you're served. It's like, okay, what's with the pie? It's like... Um, the pie's not got nothing to do with it. Are you sure? Because I think the pie's got something to do with it. It's 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 not. It's pecan. Okay. <laughs> and it just it's so kind of quirky in a sense. I hate using the word quirky, but it's definitely there's a way about it. And when watching it the second time, I thought it's kind of so well done. And it's about a director getting divorced from an actress, and I just wonder. I wonder how close it's kind of pulled from. Like actuality, and when looking mm-hmm. on like, into him on Wikipedia, uh, Noam Bambach is I'd say I think his mid fifties. He is currently married to uh, Greta Gerwig, who's in her early thirties. But previous marriage, Jennifer Jason Lee. Wow. Yep. <laughs> Daisy Domergue. Yep. <laughs> and there's like director married to an actress divorced and like I wonder if he if any of this was kind of like how it fucking fell apart uh, for him and fucking Jennifer but yeah I mean like, like the standard scene in the film was when uh, Adam Driver and Scott Johansson hear that tussle when they empty oh, apartment I, and it is so, so well fucking directed and well worked and it's there's one of these things where like that was a moment I turned in the market was like right just watch this they need like, for the next five minutes just watch this like this is why they've been nominated for Oscars like this sure they the only way it could be upped is if it was done in like one magical take but uh, it was just the editing was so well done where it's so close to their faces the intensity mm. and where they kind of went from uh, do you mind changing nights with the bear we've got this thing going on it's like, well it's my night I have an idea and now if I get cut five minutes later Adam Driver's on the floor wailing crying he's punched a hole in the wall he just wishes his fucking wife was dead. And it's mm. like, holy fuck. It's like a kettle boiling. It's just calm, mm. calm, calm. Louder, louder, screaming. And it's just yeah. fucking amazing. And, and like she kind of sympathises with him. Like, well, she kind of like, like comforts him, kind of. Aye, when he's like broken down. I know. And it's just like, it's just one of these things that just proves it. They are more than just fucking uh, Black Widow and Kylo Ren. Yeah. So it's one of these things that it impressed me hugely. And I mean, you do get the whole, like, light-hearted, like, comedy moments, like, when the woman has to come and watch Adam Driver, like, uh, with the kid, like, yeah. during that day and stuff, and... and Now, see that moment that kind of comes up? I 
kind of feel like that's, would you consider it like a spoilery moment? It's it's something you don't expect to happen, and it doesn't have a big consequence. Yeah, but, I genuinely thought someone was gonna like seriously like like yeah. happen for the worse at that Aye. point. But I think more or less the outcome of that scene determined the custody. Mm. Like whenever, because you never got to see what happened, you kind of just got to see the gist of it, and then it faded to black. You know, like the the best actor uh, nomination sequence for the Baftas literally shows him doing that scene. Ah, oh, nice. And like. It's like, oh, that's not supposed to happen. And then it just cuts to the next half. It's like, they fucking show that bit. That's ah. strange. That's a... Why not show the bit where he was like proper screaming and hanging his face? Where he's acting his fucking, fucking heart out. But yeah, it was a strange choice to kind of use for like wee three second yeah. scene. But uh, So that is nominated for six Oscars and has already won 114 awards. And nominated for a further 217. So, uh, now, onto one of the biggies. 1917 from director Sam Mendes. The film, like, I, I feel people need to get past the, the technical achievement of it. Like, oh, that one take, fucking, like, it isn't one take. Ah, it's just it's been... a series of long takes, which I feel like it's just going to be remembered as that, that one take, fucking war movie but there's more to it than that yeah and I, I don't want to come across as oh I hate it or I've turned against it but man it's, it's when you look at a film it's like well that's just going to win everything isn't it mm. and and I was like when watching things and something like it was like the year the King's Speech came out and they were just hoovering up all the Oscars and it's like man I would at least like to know what second place was like what films could yeah. have won if it wasn't for this film coming out and that's what I feel about 1917. Like, it is a fucking stellar movie. Like the guys in it, the the way it, the story goes, the way it's filmed, the fucking the shock, like this, the the direction that the story goes mm. is excellent. And the way it's filmed, like the tense, the fucking the score, the the cinematography from was it Roger Deakins? Aye. Like yeah. he got the the bath at the weekend for that, and yeah. it's it's deservedly so. But aye, for fucking Skyfall director Sam Mendes. Yeah, I was I watched it was was in the last week. It was the week before I watched it, and I like really liked it. Like I'm no the massive like war like for like like war film fan. Yeah. Um, like same prior is good and all that stuff. My favorite war films probably. Um, Full Metal Jacket. No, it's not Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder, <laughs> of course. Um, but no, um, like you're saying about like the cinematography and the, like the score and stuff like that. Like, I like the whole like nighttime effects Aye. were like really well done. Yeah. What what that sequence where he's he's running during the blackout and the flares are going Aye. above him. Yeah. That is like. Not Oscar bait, but it's like that is the, one of the most cinematic moments, fucking in cinema. Yeah, like I could see that getting used in montages forever. Just him running yeah. in the deck and the sky lighting up and the fucking orchestra playing. Mm. It's fucking beautiful to watch. Like the one of the things I was actually more pleasantly surprised about the fact that they use a mix of 
CGI and practical effects, mm-hmm. like the years later, like real explosions and all that, like during the scene aye. towards the end where you're running. Yes, like, aye. The battlefield and, and stuff. That's it. You feel like it's one of these films that is like you almost feel like that had to be done in one take, like or like whatever happens, just fucking keep rolling. Like that moment where he's running across the battlefield and he bumps into about like three people. And they'll trip up and fall over, and it's like, kind of reset. Like the fucking, the they show you the behind the scenes shots, and the fucking the lands blowing up. They're just going on. There's like, you just have to treat it as if you're in an actual fucking war, and just yeah. run for your life to get to that fucking trench in time. Yeah, and I mean, the, it's almost got kind of like like parkour kind of elements with the dodging about like the trenches and stuff like the scene ah. where he's um, getting shot with a sniper and he's like walking out of the bridge yeah and I like, like can't even really see the sniper also it's just obviously because it's just like the, like the one tracking shot of him aye going out of the bridge using like, like training like monkey bar sort of thing aye but I, that's it there's times where the film feels so isolated where it's just like almost a, it's as if it's one man and a fucking cameraman just running because it's just this constant. It's like a track and show. It's just like mm. they're just constantly following like a fucking side scrolling fucking video game. Yeah, it's a scene at the start where you see them gone for like they're getting the orders going to the like through the trench and all. you see them like walking just directly towards the camera for like mm. five minutes. But it is. It's just a series of long takes. Another film over two hours and it's just just so well done and. There's that anticipation with the orders he's been given. There's like 24 hours and you know. And when he gets knocked out halfway through and you're like, fuck. And he wakes up and it's night time. You just wonder what, how much time has he got left? And mm. will he meet these people and fuck her warning them? Because that guy's a bit of a cunt. And like, fucking hell. But I mean, the cast is like the like the, like the more known cast in it. Uh, it's like really well done. Like you've got... Um, Benedict Cumberbatch, Colin yeah. Firth. I think Mark Strong shows aye, up. Aye, Mark there. Strong, aye. Out of the middle, eh? And you've got uh, Richard Madden as well as mm. the guy's his pal's brother. Yes, aye, that's the the bodyguard dude, isn't it? Aye, he was in um, he was Rocket Rob Stark. Man as well. Aye, Rob Stark. But I, I think, I'm kind of torn with who I think is going to get like best picture. I think my, I think the three that, Possibly could get it's probably going to be like 1917 Joker or one no no Joker uh, 1917 Parasite or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. But I think 1917 might get it. I know. But like we are saying, if one gets it, somebody has to get best director. I I don't think somebody's going to get best. It will be a shame if it is like a clean sweep and one person kind of gets them all. Because mm. that happened with Return of the King member. Yeah, aye. And Abraham Abraham Big. And well, that's it. It won seven BAFTAs, and you kind of expect it's like you feel like British for British. Um, so of course, best director, best British film, best film, best cinematography, production design, best sound, and achievement in special visual effects. And you're just thinking, fair enough. I think I think all the technical stuff went probably get it. Exactly, it'll be guaranteed those things. Or I mean, Roger Deakins is always shooting for like best cinematography every film he does. Aye. And Christ, that poor boy's turning into like Jimmy Savile. It just kind of like, like, like when he's on stage, it's like, man, he's he's got into that age where he's got shaggy white hair, really thin, scrawny face. It's like fucking hell. If you put him in a red tracksuit, <laughs> <laughs> nah. Keep him in, keep him in his put tux. Him on the top of the post magazine. Give him a big gold chain. 
<laughs> but no. Um, and then, of course, Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's another stutter of a film, uh, nominated for 10 Oscars. Yeah. Chances of winning, well, you know, maybe one or two. I never really got, um, hatefully, it never really got the love that this one did. Nah. And, uh, well, this was it. This, it was like... I think, uh, like, when you look at it on paper, it's, it's, it's Oscar bait because... It's about the I industry. Love it, it, Hollywood. It's about the industry. It's about like that that golden era, you like making films and telly mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yep. So you think, ah, oh, this is fucking printing awards. Like this is guaranteed to fucking really speak to the academy. Yeah. But will it? Because the track record of it so far, the only fucking winner coming out of it is Brad Pitt. Yeah. I mean, I actually think I. Could get an original screenplay. True. And it could be because obviously. Well, that's at 10 Oscars, and I'm trying to think. Obviously, Best Picture, Actor, Supporting Actor, Actress. Um, I don't understand. Right, if, I, don't, I don't think she will, but I don't think Margot Robbie will get anything because, mm-hmm. like, like, that's maybe my only gripe about the film is the fact that, like, she doesn't want being there. Uh, it's it might be supporting actress that she's nominated for, but she's it's kind of like she's nominated for two big ones this year because obviously Bombshell yeah is the other, which I haven't got a chance I to see that the, yet. I watched it the other day, right? And like her role in that was a lot better than what it was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Aye, and that's it. I think the fact that it was it was on a true story. Well, that's not a true story as well, kind of. But this was a mere like political Me Too fucking thing so you know that's again another baity film yeah but it is like people have heard our opinions on this film when we've done like our last episode and it's a fucking stellar film but I do see it raking much I think it would be good for Tarantino to finally get best director like it is he's like the fact that fucking it took Scorsese all the years to get Best director when he got uh, for Departed, I yes. was fucking chuffed to bits. The fact that he got best picture that year as well, mm-hmm. and that's so. And um, it's it's one of those ones where you feel it's overdue, but and he's knocking out some great fucking like I feel his films are getting better, and but he's the boy limits himself as he says he's only going to make ten films. Yeah, he's like, got one more. Aye, he's really got to put all his eggs in one basket if he wants to fucking score some Oscars for this fucking final project and it yeah. I don't think it's going to be this uh, R-rated Star Trek movie but yeah. aye um, he he could be a shoo-in for screenplay yeah but we'd have to wait and see I think as well like the cinematography for has he, has he awarded has he got the nomination for cinematography as well for this uh, let's uh, consult our guide um, costume, makeup, music, music, cinematography, nineteen seventeen, Joker. Yep, Hollywood's in there. Richard, uh, sorry, Robert Richardson. Mm. So it's got the nomination. Yeah, I mean the fact that they managed to like actually turn some of the sets into like nineteen sixties and stuff is really good. So. Yeah, it, I think it will. I'm predicting at least two Oscars. Yeah. So, 
and then on to our last one uh, fucking nine it is that's a lot of, yeah. I think it's always kind of been nine for a while now hasn't it yeah because it, it feels like it covers a lot of genres because I mean it wasn't like the fucking Toy Story 3 nominated for best picture mm. back in the day as well remember that always being an odd one um, but yeah I reckon if it's like the underdog or the fact that they have to let one foreign film in uh, but Aye, Bong Joon-ho's Parasite. Yeah, I mean, you brought it up on the last podcast that you were quite confident that it wouldn't get a nomination for Best Picture because with it being a foreign film, it has to have Yes, the, the guidelines for Golden Globes, they would not, they didn't pick it for Best Picture, Drama, whatever, uh, because it, there was no English in the film. Yeah. Uh, they needed to have something like 75% English or something for the class is that if not it, it's a foreign film to them yeah um, and it it won best foreign film for Golden Globe it won best foreign film for the BAFTAs and it, it probably will best uh, original screenplay and I the the best foreign f- or films not in the English language um, it actually seems like there is some contenders this year because there's the Chinese one The Farewell from uh, Aquafina uh, Oh, right. uh, she starred and directed that one. That's on Sky Player now, is it not? Or maybe it's not. I think it's might in the be shops. soon. Aye. Uh, Pain and Glory, the Antonio Banderas oh, film, right. and there's obviously Parasite and a few others. Yeah. But aye, this is. I want to call it the underdog, but I would love. I would absolutely fucking love it to be. The surprise winner, and I uh, it might be a shoe in for for best foreign film, but it would be fucking outstanding, absolute fucking mind blowing if it got um because it's nominated for six, which is huge because it was like maybe two Golden Globes, four Baftas, now six Oscars, and like Jesus Christ, they're, they're really like giving it a lot, and you just think. There's, there's a lot of Korean films have been nominated before, but they never get past the foreign language barrier. Like, yeah. The Handmaiden, I think, was Oscar nominated, and it just got as far as Best Foreign Language and stopped there. Uh, there's been many other ones in the past. Uh, loads of films in Asia just get as far as foreign language and stops. Yeah. Because it just it just never jumps across it. And I'm not sure if it's whether the fact that Parasite won the Pan Dior at Cannes and they're just like, oh, this is one to watch out for. And it got more attention than everything else. And mm. it just fucking blew folks' minds. Yeah. Uh, but I, I fucking like, I would be amazed if it got either director or uh, best picture. I, I really think it might be... It's so, so fucking close between this and 1917. Like I just about said I could see Bong Joon Ho getting it, but fucking Sam Mendes. Uh. And but then it was like Best Picture. Well, I, imagine if it got Best Picture, but then 1917. Like if 1917 never came out this year, yeah, it might have actually like scooped up a lot fucking more. But yeah. um, it's just one of those one because remember, like last year you had Roma, yeah. and. That I maybe did we predict Roma might have got Best Picture, 
and it lost the Green Book. Because we knew it was guaranteed best foreign language film. And the, it was best, or it got best director. That's what it was. It got the director's awards. Oh, I thought that. So, and there's like, Jesus Christ. And there's like, maybe it's just like, kind of diversity. Like, yeah. Like, sure, it doesn't need to be fucking five white guys nominated. So, and now it's like, it's a fucking South Korean director. But it's the fact is it's not a diversity thing. The film is actually as good as they're letting on. Yeah. And but I mean, you are, you've been like hacking on for this film like since... Some point last summer, I think. Like the Hong Kong uh, region, region 3 DVD came out last August, I think. So that was like the first chance of it coming out with English subtitles. Yeah. And also just as soon as it got its attention from... Like Cannes, and it's one of these directors that I've followed for years, and like, and he's been around for years. Like Memories of Murder, he done that monster movie, The Host, yeah. um, Snowpiercer with Chris Evans and Song Kang Ho, and so, and then he done Okja, like the Netflix movie. So yeah. he's been around. He's done. He's had international success. Yeah. Uh, so it's like. Do you feel like these are the type of things he would get after being a big Oscar name? Like, well, let's give him an action movie with Chris Evans. Let's put him together with Captain America, but and then give him a Netflix movie. Like, but shit, he's done this stuff already. So the fact that mm. he just done a film in Korea with a bunch of Korean people, no big names and like no international names, but the fact that it's just fucking blew up mm. is amazing, and it's yeah. one of these ones where. I push it on to people, but I date in a sense like, you really need to see this film. I can't tell you anything about it. And I really hope you watch it and then you come back and say, you overhyped it. Yeah. And I feel like one of these... That, was, that was my like my worry going in when I went and seen it on Monday. Mm-hmm. Was that, is it going to be overhyped? Yeah. And I, and I mean, like the first, the first half, like the first half and 40 minutes like when it started, Implementing a cell part of the home, like it was, mm-hmm. it kept you interested. It kind of got a wee bit, a wee lull, Aye. but then like when the big massive like kind of twist Aye. with the whole like you Aye. know the, the fucking cell. yeah, and I was it, just like fucking hell. I know, and it's just something like not in a million years did I expect that, and you're just like what? Even it's just like the moments. Like, I love the fucking actor, uh, Song Kang-ho. Like, we, and he's been in, like, everything since forever. Like, he was in, like, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. He's the, the fucking dad that has his child stolen off of him, and he just goes for, like, I've a... I've still seen Sympathy, yeah. Uh, and I, I think he's he's not in Old Boy, but he has a cameo in Sympathy for Lady Vengeance as one of the two hitmen that tries to kill her. And oh, she nice. batters fuck at them in, like, a parking lot. <laughs> um, so, like, he's always been one of these fucking great character actors where it, like memories of murder he's like a country cop and when they arrive at a crime scene and they see the witness he runs down the hill and drop kicks the guy in front I've of the fucking police talking about uh, memories of murder and photo talking about saying that like yeah like you, you can only really get it if you like stream it or Aye. or download it or whatever eh? but, but if you want to look for it on blu-ray look for it on ebay and look for the Korean version with English subtitles and look at the prices. Ah, is it crazy? Yeah, you're talking three figures. Ah, fuck's sake. I mean, I have a, the UK DVD. 
Ah. Like, it, it, it was like one of his earliest films, so it's been it for fucking ages. Aye. But uh, if, if you want to learn of it, you could have that. Um, and that's a, like the brilliant thing about Parasite. It's like, I hope people just look at his back catalogue. Because like, 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 when I went and like, watched it, I was trying to kind of like, like, decipher what it was about looking at the cover and because like, I didn't watch any trailers. I never really read uh, anybody's in-depth like mm-hmm. reviews and all that. And it's like one of these things where everyone's kind of in an agreement to, okay, we've seen this film, we can't tell anyone about it. It's like it's like a best-kept secret, but we won't stop talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, oh, it's just so many but things. It was like, there was bits that you kind of laughed at. Like the fact that I, I laughed at the fact, like, how they managed to like plant the seeds and get in a cell with, into that house with Aye. the whole with the nanny and yep. with the driver and yep. all that like it Aye. was quite it was well worked uh, and it's just so many like fucked up moments maybe oh, we could probably still talk about this for ages but what I did do was as I was looking through all nine movies because I've been on IMDB all fucking week uh, of course their top 250 has a uh, I adjusted yeah. with all these new movies. Uh, so five of the nine made it into the top 250. At 230 is Marriage Story. At 159, Ford vs. Ferrari. At 49, 1917. At 34, Joker. And at 26, Parasite. Yeah. So. Uh, right, so. Best actor in a leading role. Who do you want to win? I I don't like. Okay, we both know who will win. Yeah. What like? I think Joaquin Phoenix. I think I, I think it would be good if Adam Driver did get it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd, I'd be pleasantly surprised. Yep. Because I mean, Leo doesn't need it. Because Leo's already got it. Yep. And uh, and I mean, your other nominees is Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory. I know absolute zero yeah. about that. Uh, Jonathan Price for uh, The Two Popes, another Netflix movie, which I kind of want to watch, but I just haven't done it yet. Oh, that's a Netflix thing, eh? Aye, Anthony oh Hopkins. Oh my god, I still remember that fucking Ricky Gervais opening monologue of the Golden Globes. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Jonathan Price. Was it Jonathan Price that didn't look happy? Aye. Aye. Yeah. But I'm, I've, I've kind of went to the effort of looking at who all got the awards this award season and based it like stats on that so Adam Driver has won the most best actor awards this award season yeah Adam Driver's won 34 best actor awards uh, Joaquin Phoenix has won 17 and Antonio Banderas has won 15 Jonathan Price and Leo have won 0 mm. So I was like, based on the numbers alone, it should be Adam Driver, but uh, Joaquin Phoenix has won the, the biggies. Mm. Like, sure, fucking Adam Driver's won at like 34, but it's like the fucking Texas Women's Institute or the Association of fucking Truckers and like fucking New York, like every fucking film association under the sun is kind of doing their awards to now. So, but I. The majority give it to Adam Driver, but the awards that count have went to Phoenix. Yeah. So, and I, I would, I would give it to Adam Driver. 
Yeah. Like, just... Because his, his, like, his performance in Mary Story was really good. Aye, it was. Like, the fucking sequence, like, that argument alone just fucking made him stand out for the crowd. And even, like, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, when he done his SAG award speech, he's like, this is your award. Like, he just said it himself. Like, like he obviously must have appreciated how fucking talented the guy is. Yeah. And, and I mean, as you said, Leo's got the award. Yeah. But fucking hell, Rick Dalton was a fantastic ah, yeah, character. He was good. So, so I... Uh, always, so, get, always get a kick him when he goes into his trailer after fucking up his lines. Out. And it's, it's the other one where the last says, I think you're the best actor I've ever known. And he just, he's all tearing up going, fuck yes, yes. <laughs> Like ah, oh, it is such a watchable film. Um, so I we both agree. Yeah, we want Adam Driver. But yeah, most likely That'll it's Joaquin. Uh, best performance by an actress in a leading role. We've got Charlize Theron for Bombshell, Renee Zellweger for Judy, Cynthia Eviro for Harriet, uh, and Swartz Ronan. I wish I could say her name. Is it, uh, is it, is it like, is it Sorcy or something? Aye, Sor... Aye. Yeah. Uh, for Little Women. And Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story. And I've never fucking looked at Judy, but Jesus nah. Christ, it's a fucking magnet for awards. Yes, because it's... It's Hollywood. It's, it's Hollywood, and it's based on fucking Judy Garland. Aye, one of the yeah. fucking darlings of fucking Hollywood's past. So... It, it, it races Bombshell, Harriet, Little Women, and the numbers again. Um, Renée Zellweger's gotten 16 awards for Best Actress. The only one close to her was Scarlett Johansson with 13 for Marriage Story. The rest, Charlize, Cynthia, and Psoriasis, were all two awards apiece. Two awards apiece. I mean... Charlize Theron's role in Bombshell was, it was good. Like obviously, like she, she plays this like news, like she works for like Fox News and that, and uh-huh. like, and then starts because she's all caught up in this whole political thing as as today where Trump's like first like going to be setting up his first term as like president and stuff, uh-huh. and then also everyone starts coming out about um, uh, Roger Ailes who's played by John Lithgow. Right. And I, I think he's in a fat suit. <laughs> because uh, he's looking fucking grim in it. Is it funny? Or nah, dark? Nah, no, nah, it's, it's really serious. Uh, I kind of ho- hoped it was going to be maybe a little bit like I, Tonya. Uh, right. Kind of just like, based on real events, maybe a dark humour to it. And then when I heard about John Lithgow being in it. But, yeah. Uh, nah, there's no really anything like, funny. funny about the film. It's always cool. a... The fact that like there's like a really fucking horrible like moment during the film where like all of a sudden like just out of nowhere it cuts to like black and it shows you six pictures of like real life women that suffered the sexual like abuse with Roger Ailes Aye. and it gives you their fucking audio uh-huh. of them telling them they're part of the story and it's like kind of like the the black clansman. Like, Finish. Uh, yeah, kind of. Kind of a sobering moment. Ah, uh, and it's just like, well, that didn't fucking need that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's just there to send a message. So, 
Who do you want to win? I mean, it probably, probably would be Scarlett Johansson because like I've only the only one out of that one that I've seen is Bombshell, and I mean Charlize Theron was good in it, but I think Scarlett Johansson was was better. I think. Obviously, like you're saying, like, Rennie Zellweger's winning them all, so, you know. She... Uh, so she will probably get it, but when watching her accept the BAFTA, it just made it, like, it blew Margaret's mind to realise she isn't Bridget Jones. Like, she isn't English. She's from fucking Texas. Hugh Grant fucking presented her with it. I know. Uh, and he, he made a... He made a Jones, like, a, yeah. like, nice suit Jones. Like, just, and it's fucking the, the British crowd ate it up. Yeah. But... Ah, oh, she's just ah. Oh, I I can't can't look at Renny Zilberger anymore because her face, like she's had work like so much work done where it does look like her skin's been pulled back for the like it's like they just stretched her face and tied up at the back so uh, she doesn't right. have any wrinkles or her eyes are less slanted. She's and then oh, she has Christ. this strange southern drawl like, yee. That's grim. I know it's just so fucking weird, but. Yeah, I would, I would give the award to Scarlett Johansson, but we both know it will probably go to Rennie. Yeah. So, uh, best performance by an actor in a supporting role. So we've got, of course, we've got Pacino for Irishman, Anthony Hopkins for Two Popes, Brad Pitt for Hollywood, Joe Pesci for The Irishman, and Tom Hanks, A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood. Hank right. Hanks is getting overlooked this year. Like, it was, a, it was actually a somewhat decent film. We watched mm. it, and it's the the whole Mr. Rogers is kind of like a. He's right to be uh, nominated for a supporting role because it isn't really his film. It's the film is more based on the reporter that has to interview him. Right. It's about his backstory, his his family issues, and how Mr. Rogers ends up helping him. Mm. So. He is in it for 50% of the time, but the majority is really focused on the main actor who works for like a newspaper and he's got so much drama in his home life. Yeah. I mean, every time I see like videos of like uh, Tom Hanks in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, all I can think of is uh, Eddie Murphy's sketch for Saturday Night Live. Yeah. <laughs> that fucking one where there's like, yeah, we're, we're missing like a big widescreen TV that got delivered. It's like, oh, just because I'm black, you think I stole it? And no, 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 just keep an eye out for it. Uh, yeah. And he's like, well, ladies and gentlemen, you know what that means? And he's got the big widescreen TV in the wall. And he's like, they're racist. And he's like, oh. <laughs> oh, well. That, that needs to be like an annual thing. Have him host every Christmas. Yeah. But, um... I mean, it's Brad Pitt, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, both of us seen Brad Pitt uh, at the cinema and stuff, and we both were in agreement that he was the best thing about that film. Yes, he's... And, uh, he was so fucking cool. Uh, there's times where he is, he, like, as you said, when he's cool, he's fucking doing a wee sparring match with Bruce Lee. Yeah, which he, was he... also done in one fucking take. Fuck that see. whole scene was done in one take. <laughs> Aye. Yeah, because if you watch it, the camera like shows you Bruce, and then it pans to Brad, and then it pans back the way, and then it pans along, and then it goes, and it goes ah. one take. And then like you've got him where he has to be intense, and he's on the spawn ranch, yeah, and he doesn't know doesn't know what's happened to his old pal George, yeah, and then like he's again fucking face to face with the devil, 
and he's fucking tripping on acid. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, what is it when they fucking, it's like the train has left the station. Ah, it was like, away we go. Yeah. And he just. And, ah, uh, really like, fucking know if he killed his wife or not. I know, it's just one of these things that is. Tarantino spoke about it because someone asked him, like, why? He's like, well, then he said there would only be one story. He would either be this poor bastard that's being accused of murdering his wife, or he's going to be the sick bastard that killed his wife and got away with it. So he deliberately left that open so you mm. could kind of decide whether he did do it or not. Ah, like he's this poor bastard or he's this sick bastard. And it's like, oh, that's fucking clever. It's the same with the fucking briefcase in Pulp Fiction. Like, Aye, it, yeah, yeah. it's left to your imagination to think what's in the box. Yeah. Not Gwyneth Paltrow's head, but, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I is, I feel... Aye, Brad's, Brad's winning it. Yeah, I would, it would be nice to see him win it. Um, other than that, if, if you had to give it to someone else, I'd take in if you'd... Would you give it to fucking Pesci or Pacino? See, I think I would give it to Pacino more than Pesci because uh, Pesci was so reserved. Yeah, he and was, I mean he was—he still had that wee bit of like intimidation about yep. him. The fact that he could basically, you know, he could probably kill you in an instant. You wouldn't even fucking care about. Aye. but I did enjoy Al Pacino's role—the more like, lively the whole, character. Yeah, like, like the whole like showman. sitting like with like it's like if he's sitting there, it's like of course I'm sitting down. Aye, so. But no, definitely. Um, best performance by an actress in a supporting role. We've got Florence Pugh for Little Women. Kathy Bates for Richard Jewell. Laura Dern for Marriage Story. Margot Robbie for Bombshell. And Scarlett Johansson and uh, Jojo Rabbit. And, of course, so far it's all been in favour for uh, Laura Dern for Marriage Story. Yeah. Um, outside of the rest I mean Florence Pugh does have one of the better characters in Little Women where she's stands out from the other sisters she's kind of got her own like she doesn't need to be the accessory to that like married and then become a wife and she wants to be like an independent woman so uh. she stands out more than comparison to the other characters like a lot more heavy dialogue her story's a lot more interesting so like, it's fitting that she gets a, a supporting role in yeah. nomination. Uh, Scarlett Johansson, she's she is not in Jojo Rabbit as much as maybe the trailers let on. Yeah, but supporting's definitely fair. But I mean, both Margot Robbie and Scarlett Johansson getting like double nominations. Yeah. Wait. Did no no I'm wrong. Margot Robbie didn't get a best actress, did she? No. 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 no, that was. I think it was. Um, I mean, Margot Robbie's role in Bombshell was. It was good because, like, she. Like, there is a scene in the film where she does have uh, John Lithgow's character ask her to, like, like, lift up her dress and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, like, <clears throat> she kind of, like, goes along with it. And then she then starts the whole. Like, does this whole fucking. Like, th- teams up with Nicole Kidman and that because she gets. She gets fired because she doesn't. What did she go fired for again? Kind of basically it's to do with the whole like like fucking like assault and stuff like that, yeah. and uh, like she ends up like kind of like, like hating Fox News. Aye, 
like towards the end of the film. I, I think her role was better than what it was in Once Upon a Time in Aye, uh, Hollywood. More deserving for yeah. a nomination. I mean, Laura Dern was an absolute cunt and you fucking hated her. And like, that's what you kind of you want to... A standout performance. Yeah, you want to... You, you want, like... People to, to like portray characters that you want to like hate and you want to like them and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like like Brad Pitt, you fucking like like I generally did think Brad Pitt was going to die at the end of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I was like, no, nah, I'm no, I'm not prepared for this. to lose him just yet. Nah, aye. So I think I think it'll be Laura Dern. Aye, yeah, I can see. The fun thing was like, see when the nominations went out, and Adam Sandler did not get nominated. Mm-hmm. For Uncut James, it was a good scene. I'm tweeting about Kathy Bates getting nominated and put up the photo for Waterboy. Yeah, aye. She answered back, didn't she? She'd aye. done like an in-character tweet mm-hmm. about her fucking her her baby boy, and that's it. Kathy Bates, Richard Jewell. I think that might be the only nomination that film's the Oscar nomination that film's gotten. This year, and it's a film I'm fucking itching yeah, to see. Dying to see it. Like that actor, they, like, uh, it's like a two-barreled first name, but ah, uh, like, he was in uh, Black Clansman. Yeah, so uh, both of those films. Um, so, and he's always been an interesting character in those, but for him to actually be the fucking lead, and what's he's in there with Sam Rockwell, John Hamm, Kathy Bates. Clintwood yeah. directing. Yeah. Clintwood. <laughs> Clint Eastwood. Clintwood. That's a colon fall. Do you recognise that number, Michael? Mm, I think it's my mum. So, aye, I got in an agreement. as Laura Dern getting it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, best achievement in directing. So we've got Bong Joon-ho, Martin Scorsese, Quentin Tarantino, Sam Mendes and Todd Phillips. Do you want to know who won the most directing awards over the, the last few months? I think it's going to be a tie between uh, Bong Joon-ho and Sam Mendes. Well, for the bottom, we've got uh, Todd Phillips has won one award for directing Joker. Mm. Tarantino's won six for Hollywood. And then it's tied between Scorsese and Sam Mendes. 12 awards each for Best Director. Mm. Bong Joon-ho has won 31 awards for Parasite. Mm. Right. Right. The point is, how how many fucking associations is there? I feel like every fucking town in America has a film association. But it is like every day for like in January, I feel like I went on my phone, Bong Joon-ho's won an award for this. Sam Mendes has won a directing award. It's like, how many associations or guilds or yeah, like F, it's just an overwhelming amount. But like thirty one. I mean, if you add all the fucking awards at Sam Mendes, Scorsese, fucking Phillips, and Tarantino together, that doesn't even make thirty one. Yeah. So like this is his year. I could never see Bong Joon Ho or another Korean director being so mainstream in the award season. Like, it would be amazing if it continued, but I feel this is the year where, like, we're going to give it to Korea. We're going to make, like, let them fucking really shine. Yeah. And it might make Korean cinema a little bit more mainstream in America, because, if anything, this should just be opening doors for them. Like, 
the, everyone's going to be looking for, I guess, maybe the next Parasite, like the next Korean thriller coming out. Distributing studios will be fucking eating them up, mm. punting them out, trying to kind of maintain the magic because it's still like it's still in cinemas now. Um, that Curzon Cinema, uh, Curzon Distributing, like have bought the rights for the UK release, and they they've done the smartest thing because they had got the rights to it. It was going to come out in cinemas in October, then they didn't do it, and they've decided to release it on Oscar weekends. So all the people that seen it's won awards, it might win an Oscar, and what haven't, oh, it just came out in cinemas on Friday. Everyone will, in the UK would go and see it in cinemas, like, after this weekend, if yeah. it wins fucking Best Picture, and then they will just be raking in cash. So, numbers, I give it to Bong Joon-ho. Uh, I personally, of course, would also, would love to give the fucking directing trophy to Bong Joon-ho, but... Who will get it? Yeah, I think like like personally, I like, I'd like to see Tarantino at least get one so that he can actually say that he's totally. got one. Yep. Um, I don't think Scorsese or Phillips will mm-hmm. get it. I, I think it's probably going to be between Tarantino, Bong Joon Ho, and Sam Mendes. Aye, and that's the people are saying like even the like, best picture, it's like a three horse race. Between nineteen seventeen, Joker and Parasite, but directing it's I feel it's neck and neck between Bong Joon Ho and Sam Mendes. Mm. But if the fucking dude that directed Roma got best director last year, and like, there's no no reason why Bong Joon Ho can't get best director as well. Yeah. So, it will be. Very, very fucking interesting to the yeah, point where I'll be keen to open my I, phone on oh, Monday morning. Oh, like almost kind of thought, like stay up and watch it. I was like, what, one a.m. on Monday? No, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> also, as well, like this is the second year in the road that I have a host. Yeah, I they've announced like thirty people to come out and present awards, but I no host. It was just gonna be one of these things. I will probably wake up in the middle of the night and just have a wee look at Twitter. Yeah. Just get the idea. But, yeah. It's like when you're like you get 10 years younger and you're, it's like the Royal Rumble's happening, you just wonder who's fucking won. Yeah. You just, just want to look at your phone, but you don't want to spoil it. Right, so they are all the big awards that I've written notes for. The remainder, I mean, let's see. Best original screenplay. You got any favourites in there? Um. I think I think it would be good if Parasite because I quite liked the uh, like the whole story, the fact that it was mm-hmm. like the fact that they used like a rich family to benefit themselves. Aye. So, um, were you surprised when Knives Out got a nomination in there? Yeah, I mean, I fucking loved Knives Out. That was like my second favorite film last year. It was Aye. so fucking good. Um, I well, that's like if 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 it got the BAFTA for. For Parasite, it, now I feel that was a surprise it won that, but it also now opens up the fact that you could easily pick up that award as well. Yeah. Adapted screenplay, I reckon, where do you start? I think it'll be Jojo Rabbit. True. Like, when they said adapted screenplay, they just joke at the character in general, they never cited any particular comic or inspiration or just like him overall which I feel is just too general 
to be like an adapted screenplay. Like I feel like because yeah, they've kind of almost like took Scorsese's screenplay for fucking <clears throat> like King Comedy and all that. You know, they've yeah, kind of used elements of that for the film. I and just just put this skin on top of it and thought, ta-da! Because like when you look at the whole scene where like the whole thing between uh, Joaquin's character uh, Arthur Fleck and uh, his next door neighbour. Yeah. It kind of reminds you of fucking um, Rupert Popkin with fucking thinking he was oh, on the course. phone to, thinking Aye. he was on the phone to fucking Jerry Lewis and all that. Yeah. You know. Aye. Going to his fucking like going to his house and all that and like mm-hmm. going to like his like uh, workplace to like, have a kind of meeting with him and he didn't, he didn't actually hate one. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> cinematography Probably uh, 1917, uh, eh? Yeah. I love the fact that uh, The Lighthouse got a wee nod, though. Hmm. I've still not seen it. Uh, I keep hearing adverts for it on the radio, like, psychological horror. Or, like, where, like Lighthouse, there's any kind of, it's like Robert Pattinson, like, Willem Dafoe. Like, the only, like, clip that I've seen is, like... <laughs> you didn't like my lobster? <laughs> yeah. It's fucking, it's Willem Dafoe's accent. Aye. Yeah. It's, a, it's definitely a film I highly recommend you checking out because it's just so fucking just ah oh, it is it's the shining in a lighthouse like it's just so much of the same elements and but oh, it is definitely something to watch um, film editing probably it's gonna have to be wait it's not even nominated I thought 1917 would have been like a yeah, because it's all been edited, because it's been one take. That's been one, oh, my mind's blowing! Oh. <laughs> They're refusing to admit. But I do, I have heard a lot of folks saying, like, Ford versus Ferrari had exceptional editing. I was like, I could never really tell when editing's good or bad in a movie. Like, they gave the award to Bohemian Rhapsody last year. And then I watched an eight-minute fucking YouTube video and people point out how it is the worst edited film of all time. Is it the scene where they're in the... Like a, outside a pub. It's, it's a cafe it's and it's just fucking... Constantly shots in different people's faces yeah, that I, didn't need to be there. Yeah, and I've I was seen like, that. I was like, oh, I didn't know it was badly edited until I seen that scene. Now I was like, Jesus Christ, what was the person after Tits on Red Bull and just went chop, 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 <laughs> yeah. chop, chop, chop. But... I'm um, still no fucking... Like, watch that. Let's dig, dig back. Let's have a look at something we've no talked about. Um, visual effects. I mean, 1917, Avengers, Star Wars, Irishman, Lion King. It's so hard to tell because they're all outstanding in different ways. Like, 1917 for the way it kind of mixed, like, digital effects and actual effects. Avengers for the fucking scale like, when they done that whole Avengers Assemble Portal moment, Aye. the BAFTAs showed a deconstructed scene, and just, like, 30 people stand on a green stage, and then every fucking layer being thrown into it, and it's like, you didn't recognise how much fucking special effects is in a film until yeah. you fucking see it pulled apart. The same with Star Wars, and then fucking Lion King, like, to make almost photorealistic animals mm. fucking sing, like, fucking Beyonce songs. So... And then fucking de-aging the fucking Goodfellas. Yeah, well, it's de-aging and then it's making them look old as fuck. Aye, it's both ways, isn't it? 
Because yeah. at times I thought, wait, is that what De Niro looks like now? Like, Holy I, gen- shit. I genuinely thought really old, really, really old Joe Pesci was so lovable. <laughs> even though he was a bit. It was the fact that he was dipping his bread into that. You've not got the teeth juice. to chew it. Aye. Uh, what about best animated feature film? How to Train Your Dragon, I Lost My Body, Claws, Missing Link, and Toy Story 4. The winners so far have been. Uh, Claws, that Netflix Santa ah, movie, that's say, yeah, and uh, Missing Link. That's on. That is Netflix. On Netflix. As well. uh, that's Zach Galifianakis and Hugh Jackman. Ah. I mean, I've only seen Toy Story four. Aye. I reckon if they would give it to Toy Story four, I feel it might you go to Claws because like... that's won two awards now. I think it got a BAFTA and something else where it's just like a kind of Santa Claus origin story but and to be honest I'm, I think I'm tapped out uh, David Lynch is getting an honorary an honorary award along with a few other people but yeah. Gina Davis is getting a humanitarian award yeah. but I still fucking David Lynch's films are really yeah, they didn't resonate with me. I mean, I've only I'm trying to think of the ones that I've seen. I've seen Dune. Yeah, I think he's put a short film on Netflix where he's arguing with a monkey. Ah, I've seen that. It's black and white as well. Yeah, um, I, I, and it's like it's got a human's mouth over the monkey's yeah. mouth. I'm like, what? Um, Blue Velvet. Still not seen it yet. Um, Twin Peaks. There's. Oh yeah, Wild at Heart. It was fucking weird. It was all right. It was yeah. weird. Aye. Um. Lost Highway was really fucking weird. Can't remember much about that film. It was quite hard to follow. Mm-hmm. Mulholland Drive is another one that's supposed to be really good. Aye. Uh, um, done that Razorhead as well. It's oh uh, aye, the black and is it black and white? I always see the tiles to it. And it's like it looks like Frankenstein yeah. with a big head of hair. And, uh, Elephant uh, Man. Oh fuck aye. Uh, what else? Is that? There's. It's hard to tell. I've never really properly paid attention to his career. Yeah, I've no watched like I, like I, I want to watch Blue Blue Velvet, but I don't. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I, they can if it all. The opening scene is just zooms in on someone's front garden into the ground to a swarm of ants, and I'm like, okay, ow. Like, I just wanted to watch something whilst I was washing the dishes, and I thought, too much. I mean, Dennis Hopper's in it. It's supposed to be quite creepy, in it? Kyle MacLachlan. Yeah. But, aye, who knows. Mate, I think we're all talked to. Like, we're hitting two hours now. We've talked about the majority of the awards. And all we need to do now is just wait for Sunday to come. Yeah, I'm, actually, I'm probably going to go home and look at um, request a bit for Hangley. <laughs> see what I can maybe maybe take a packet aye anyway fuck it social media at FAS podcast for all that jazz Um, fucking yeah the lot Instagram Facebook Twitter and yeah so I've been your host my name's Stuart Sullen joining me across the room is the magic Michael Christie yep fuck off and tune in next week <laughs>